Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. will be taken from the book of Matthew, beginning with the 13th chapter, the first verse. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and a great crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat there, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some fell along the path. The birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Lord, help us to do just that. You know, you hear a lot of things from our little ones. I'm over here during the Mother's Day out. They're fascinated by this cast, and some of them are actually scared of it. But some of them are real bold. They're just real daring little critters. Well, one little character came up to me the other day. I was over here in the wheelchair, and sitting there and he looked like a football player you could tell that his parents had really been taking care of him he was just just real muscles and pretty good sized little chunky fella and he said to me he says what happened to your leg and I said I got it busted he looked me straight in the eye and he says that's the dumbest thing I've heard (laughs) (laughs) they say from the mouths of babes and sucklings comes the truth you know It's interesting to note the number of places, and I had never noticed it before, the number of places that the Lord Jesus Christ used when he was teaching and while he was talking about hearing and the importance of hearing. Well, now, we have always known that it was important to hear, but you know it's only been in the last 5 or 10 or 15 years that we have really discovered some great truths about hearing and We have had to let the psychiatrist and psychologist tell us how important it really is. I remember reading this account in one of the magazines that I get, it's a professional magazine, where this man was having a great deal of trouble and difficulty. In fact, he was always contemplating suicide. So, of course, he went to his psychiatrist to get uh, his mind straightened out. And lo and behold, they discovered that when he was too young to know what was going on, really, it came out that his mother kept telling him that he was no good as a child. Uh, Of course, he was separated from his mother quite young, but this was embedded in his mind. And the psychiatrist was able to untangle this uh, man's emotional problems uh, when they finally realized that he was carrying with him what he heard as a child but wasn't able to have in his rational mind and be able to articulate 
And this thing that he heard as a child nearly destroyed him and caused him years of suffering and pain and agony. It is important what we hear. And then some time ago, you read that article in some magazine. I've forgotten what it was. But where it talked about that you cannot be in a vacuum or you cannot be without sound. That if you are for a long period of time, that you begin to hallucinate. Now, I remember, and I think I've told you this story before, but I can vouch for that, and I could think that it would cause you some real trouble if you could be where there was no sound in sort of a type of a sound vacuum. I remember being in a in Canada in a very cold place uh, one early spring, somewhere about March, about six foot of snow on the ground. We was back in the wilderness, and I mean we were back in the wilderness. And one of the men that I was with about 12 o'clock that night called me and said, come out here outside. I want you to hear something. And I walked outside and I strained my ears to hear something, but I couldn't hear a thing. And I listened and I listened as carefully as I could. No sound at all, none. No sound. It was dead silence. It's like you had almost as if you'd lost your hearing. You could not hear the sound of man at all. No sound. Completely cold about zero and just nothing. No wind, no nothing. I said, I'm sorry, I don't hear a thing. He says, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And I stood there and the most weird feeling came over me that I can still remember how I felt. The emotional thing that happened to me when I was in a situation where there was totally no sound. Sound is important. It is important to us that we hear those things that we're accustomed to. And as those who are experts in this field tell us that if we were in a situation where there was no sound for a long period of time, uh, that we would begin to hallucinate. Our mind would play tricks on us and we would think that we were hearing sounds when we were not hearing sound. Now I've said that to you to say to you that after I have studied this parable that Jesus told to these people, that I haven't mentioned a thing that seemingly Jesus was not conscious of. He was conscious of everything that I've said to you this morning. Uh, the thing that amazes me is the penetrating insight uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ had into man. How could he be other than the Son of God? Knowing that for 2,000 years ago he lived, and yet what I have said to you is embedded within these scriptures and is just as up-to-date as the newspaper that you will read this morning. The discovery of hearing was not something new to the Lord Jesus Christ. He had knowledge of it. And this is why he said what he said. Now, this parable, of course, comes to us, as Jesus told us some 2,000 years ago. And that is an interesting situation within itself. Now, he spoke to the crowd, but I want you to know that this was an unusual crowd in that, in all probability, it was made up mainly of his followers. Certainly the disciples were there because he takes a careful note to the writer does to just say that they were present. Now... This parable has caught the attention of a lot of people. Of course, we know that the painters have had it. We sing hymns that, uh, from whence have been inspired of, uh, from uh, this parable. A sower went forth to sow. Now, let's pinpoint the main things that seem the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to tell us in just a little while. It seems that the Lord Jesus Christ divided us all up, the whole human race up into four different groups. And then he begins to talk about these different groups. 
for us to see what I think the Lord Jesus Christ was really saying in this parable, before we get to the main one that he was talking about, and the main thing that he was talking about, let's ask the question. Was Jesus talking about the sower? Did he tell this parable in order to emphasize the importance of the sower? No. The emphasis is not here. Now, he may have been a good sower. He may have been a bad one. He may have been one with a busted leg. He may have been one with no leg at all. He may have had one arm off. He may have not been able to speak very well or very capable. But the, the Lord is not talking about the sower. Now, that's not to say the sower is not important. He is important or she is important, whichever the case might be. But I want you to note something this morning. He's not talking about the sower. Now, we do damage to ourselves when we... Think about someone who is trying to deliver the message of God and we are critical of them. Well, that's a shame because well, you read the Old Testament and you know that God has all kinds of messengers, some good, some bad, some indifferent, but they're all the messenger of God. There's a difference between Hosea, for example, as being quite an elite gentleman and then you go to the other extreme. What do you think about uh, Amos? Here a very uncouth type of fellow. But oh, what a message he delivered. Or you go to a man like Paul. Or you look at a man like John the Baptist. Who was dressed in crude clothing. But he still carried the message of God. But we're not talking about the messenger this morning. Nor are we talking about the seed. Now, it may have been good seed, bad seed, or indifferent seed, but we're not talking about the seed. The Lord Jesus Christ was not talking about the seed. Now, the seed is important. We ought to pay attention to the Scriptures and what God has to say to us and what is spoken to us from God's Holy Word. And it is important that we have the best possible seed that is available to us. And we ought to study and try to improve ourselves and try to learn of what God is really saying and what God is like. If we are really to know the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, how can you know him unless you know the scriptures? Unless you know these men that uh, walked with him and talked with him. And as they have put it down for us, the word of God is important and we ought to know it. But Lord Jesus Christ is not emphasizing that point in the parable uh, to these followers of his. The leading uh, player in this parable is the ground. Now... That is interesting. The harvest depends upon the ground. Now we know the sower, we know the seed, but the ground represents you and me. Salvation depends upon the response that you make to the Word of God. Your life and the character of your life, the quality of your life, depends upon your response that you make to God. You see, not every message that Jesus gave was directed to sinful people. No, he was talking to the best that he had. He was talking to his disciples. And he was telling them something fantastic about themselves. That you are the one in which the word of God comes and here it is supposed to produce something. Now we know in the first place it is supposed to produce a salvation or bring us in a relationship with God where we can be in communion with him. But it says it brings forth the sixtyfold, a thousandfold. You have some responsibility to people outside of yourself. 
And I would ask you very frankly this morning, what kind of ground are you? How have you received the Word of God? Do you see any responsibility that you have for those that live around you that you come in contact with every day? Do you think it is by chance that you happen to be working at the place you are with the man that you're a woman that you're working with or in school or so forth and so on? Or could it be in the divine plan of God that he has brought these people in the proximity of your life in order that you might be able to produce something creative and good for him? Beloved, I would tell you it is not by chance. And if you have the word of God lodged within your heart and your soul and you're close to what you ought to be, you have one of the most fantastic opportunities that is ever given to a human being upon the face of this earth, and that is to live in such a way by deed and by word to make people aware of the fact that there is a Lord. He was talking about the ground. And this comes through the business of hearing. Now, let us say something about this business of hearing. He said some people are like a path where seeds have been sown on. The ground is too hard and too difficult. The seed can find no place. And on top of that, it is easily seen, and the birds of the air come and eat what falls there. Now, I have lived long enough to know that this is so. That two people can hear the same thing. And one, it penetrates their heart. And the other one, they don't even know what's been said. I think about when the Lord Jesus Christ was on the Mount of Transfiguration. There stood those people there with him. And God spoke to him. Some of them who stood there that day heard God and said, Yes, God spoke to him. There were others that stood there that day. You know what they said? No, God didn't speak. It only thundered. It is an aspect of us that is so. That we can be in the same situation, hear the same thing. It will penetrate the heart and soul of some and others. They go away just the same way that they came. What a tragedy. It is something that we have to guard against. In this hour and day in which we live, it is even more difficult for us to hear the things that we ought to hear. How many of you have been guilty of coming to the worship service and then going home and taking the worship service apart? You know, one of the things that, that I find that amazes young preachers and those who teach Sunday school for the first time. All of us have experienced this. We have given forth our very best. And then we've been in a situation where it was under discussion or someone were talking to us about it. And the things that people don't hear are the things that they hear is absolutely astounding. I have long since learned that unless it's completely out in left field, I do not challenge the statement anymore. I usually let them get by with it. Unless it's clear off target, I say, I didn't say that. <laughs> but it's amazing what we hear. Some people really never hear. Jesus was stating a fact that is a possibility for us. It is something that we have to do for ourselves if we're going to put ourselves in a position where God is able to speak to us. 
He also said there's a group of people like rocky ground. Rocky ground. Where the soil is very thin. Well, now the people that Jesus was talking to, they, they knew exactly what he was talking about because the soil was only two or three inches deep over most of the ground where he was and things would come up quickly because the sun would heat it, but uh, being not able to get any real roots within the good earth, they would quickly die. He says some people are like that. He says it's like seed falling on rocky ground. Oh, how many people have I met like this? Some of the things that are caused for weeping have been at this very point. See the capability of a person and see that they immediately begin to pick up the, the word of God and hear him and then watch them a few days later. They even go to the place where they join church and then you don't hear of them anymore. They're gone. Never to be accounted for. Never to be accounted for. You know... Those who are in charge of the trends within our society. Do you know what the interest span of the average person is today in relation to belonging to something, whether it be the PTA, the church, or some club? Now, the interest span is only three years. This is the kind of person, in all probability, Jesus was talking about. He is able to hear to a degree, but then he is never able to hear at the level where he ought to hear because they get confused and think that these other things out here are just as important as what is tied up within the house of God and with the people of God. Rocky ground grow quickly and fade just as quickly. It doesn't have to be this way, but this is the way that it is. Jesus said that there is another group of people in relation to the word of God in relation to hear it. He said, some of them, the seeds fell among thorns. The soil was very fertile and very capable. Uh, but because of its capability and the other things that were sowing along in the life, it grew up and choked out the good things and that was there. Here again, I suppose the most tragic of the group, this would be the one. Because you see that God's honest truth about it is, beloved, that you've got more to do today and you will have tomorrow and the next day and the day after that than you'll ever get done. You've got so many things to do that you will have to, you have, to have another lifetime and then probably not get them all done. It forces us to make a decision. How many of us have made a wise decision that nothing will cut me out of my relationship with God and with the family of God? and with the family of God. But there's so many good things to be done, wonderful things, that you let them choke out the most beautiful thing of all in your life. This is tragedy of tragedies. You know, here's where we get really hooked, and here's where we really fall far short of what we ought to be. It is not that we're mean, it is not that you hate the church. You know, the last 15 years, when I was a young preacher, if someone dropped out of the church and I'd go out to, to see them and talk to them about why that they have slowed down coming to church, well, they would tell you straight out why. They would just bold blank say, I don't like the preacher, don't like what you say, don't like the way you say it, don't like anything about you, and I can't worship with you, period. Or they say, well, I don't like old sister so-and-so, old brother so-and-so, he's trying to run the church and this and that and the other. 
And I don't like to listen to the choir. I don't like to they tell you right out what it was. You know, you didn't have to guess about it. But you know, the last 15 years, a strange thing has taken place within our society. Most people you go to today, I can almost tell you, you may find one out of 10 of the old school, but most of them tell you, well, I really don't have anything against the church, really. Not really. In fact, I sort of like it. I like uh, the service. I like some of the hymns. They say many complimentary things about the church. Well, why don't you come? Well, I just don't come. That's the group that Jesus is talking about. There's so many things out here that this person can be involved in that it grows up and chokes out the most important thing of your life. I remember being in the old, well, he's not old, I shouldn't say, the Dr. Moody's class, one of the greatest professors out here, I think, at the seminary. He was a great man when I was out there, and one of the things that marked him as a great man was that one day he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And I think it was on a Friday. He took a trip somewhere, had to take a trip, and he came back, and he said, well, now, he says, I see it a little different than I saw it before I left, and this is the way I'm going to tell it to you. And I appreciate that man like you wouldn't believe because he had an open mind he was always thinking he was always learning he was always looking at the situation differently I want to tell you something about a busted leg that may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard but anyhow it has helped me to distill some of my thinking again you know I made a commitment a long time ago I know about the church about God's people I flat out do not see how anyone can live and be what they ought to be without the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I would think that in my situation that if I had to crawl to church, that's the only way I could get here, I'd be here. I would be with the people of God somewhere, someplace. Now, you know, it's a right undignified way that I have to get around. It's sort of hard on my ego if you want to know the truth about it. But you know, beloved, I am willing to risk even that to think that I look dumb and silly in order to be in God's house with God's people. We come to this place if we're not careful. We'll let some of the other wonderful things, but they're secondary, close out our relationship with Almighty God and with His people. And then Jesus said, there's some of the seed that fell on good ground. And oh, what a harvest came forth. How, how it was able to multiply. Just a little seed sowing. And here it germinated and turned into something where it brought forth 60-fold and a thousand-fold. Well, isn't that a beautiful Christian? Isn't that someone that has started from zero, not knowing about the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting the message of Christ, surrendering their heart and their soul to him, and going out and living and being the disciple that Jesus would have them to be? It's the greatest description, I think, picture in my mind, of a real, true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yielding again and again and again and again, as long as they live, Fruits befitting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You can just count on them. Wherever they are, they're going to give an account of themselves. They're going to make a witness. And that witness is going to go on to multiply. 
and even produce a kid. The good soil, the good ground. Yes, Jesus knew there would be people like you 2,000 years after he left from this earth. And he knew that the seed from his word would fall within your heart and it would find a place. And he knew that you would stand to and abide by. He knew that whatever was coming and whatever would go upon the face of this earth would never separate you from him. Difficulty, hardship, whatever it might be, would only go to strengthen your commitment and to further your dedication and cause you, regardless of where he has you, to stand to make that witness for him. Now you see, it's one thing here that the Lord Jesus Christ is assuming. And I had not realized it until I had read this scripture again and again. You see, he was just assuming that the word of God would be faithful and everyone would have it. Those uh, who represent the hard path or the rocky place are the thorny soil. And is it not so that all of us hear the word of God? You have had the opportunity. The seed has been sown. And if someone is producing more than you are or we are, if the church down the street happens to be producing more than we are, it's simply because there's more people in that church that have heard the word of God and committed themselves than we have. It's just as simple as that. There's no other reason for it other than that. If someone you know happens to be doing a better job at this business of living than you are, it's not because they have heard a better message than you. It's because they are doing something creative with that message that you're not doing. Jesus assumed it. And I assume it too, that God will speak to those that he will speak to and you have heard. Now what will you do with it? And I would remind you that God was speaking to those that he had elected, that he had elected. What do we do with what we hear? Beloved, that is the question this morning. And you have the possibility of doing something fantastic with it. Because as you begin to activate yourself in relation to what God has given to you, you will find that even more will be given to you. In the book of Revelation, the third chapter, he is talking to the churches. And you remember there in the space of about the two chapters, he uses this phrase seven times. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. In between those chapters, you remember that word is also found there, if any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in. Beloved, the word is here. Jesus assumed that you would hear it. And his assumptions are right. Of course they are. I want to close by saying it this way to you, to sum up what I've tried to say. You know it's not because the word is not out about the Lord Jesus Christ that causes us to be less than we ought to be. I recall a scene in my childhood. It was my responsibility in my family, living on a farm, at the close of the evening, at a certain time, would be go to round up the cows to be milked. That was my job. I could be out there playing with a half a dozen, or 12 of us, 11 of us. We had a time, we had an army all the time. 
Well, anyhow, playing with that group and, you know, just doing all the things that kids can do to holler and yell and have a good time. And when word would come to me, it's time to get cows, I would be oblivious to those cows all day. It's time to go get the cows. We had what we call the bell cow. They had a bell on one of the old cows. They had about 12 of them. I used to have to go out and round those characters up. Well, anyway, there was one place within the gate, a gate post, and I would go and climb up on that wooden gate and sit up on that post, and I would listen, and I could hear that bell. Never fail, as I remember. But I was oblivious to that bell, all day long until I was told it's time to get the cows. And when I listened, I knew exactly where those cows were. Beloved, I will say to any of you here this morning, regardless of how far away that you happen to think that the Lord Jesus Christ is from you at this moment, I want to tell you that you're within hearing distance of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. It may only mean that you will have to draw apart a little way from the rest of the kids in the crowd and in a fashion climb the old gate and sit on the gate post and listen for a little while. And I will tell you that if you will listen with your heart and with your soul, you will know exactly where the Lord Jesus Christ is and you will know exactly where to meet him. It will not fail you. We have the promise of the living God that that is so. Our Father God in heaven, then help us this morning that we will put ourselves in a position where the Holy Spirit might more perfectly communicate with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 